Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for February 21st, 2020. Well, once again, good morning, fellow pilgrims. What a delight it is to come with you on these Mondays and Fridays, and I hope that what we share is an encouragement to you. I sure don't have all the answers, but one thing I do know for sure is that I know the one who has them and who delights in giving them to us out of his bountiful, godly love, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the past pilgrim or program, I talked to you a little bit about some devotionals that have been meaningful to me over the year, years, and I pray that it'll be helpful to you. Secondly, I just picked two books. One of them was called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, but anything that man wrote can be a tremendous blessing. It'll feed your soul and spirit. And the other one was Hannah Whitehall Smith's the Christian Secret of a Happy Life. Those two which are so simple and so beautiful. Someone has said that no one has in the last century influenced the Christian faith more than C.S. Lewis. So I hardly recommend him. Today what I want to do is get back to reading some scripture and making some comments about it. Today we're going to look for just a few moments into the epistle of Second Peter the second, the uh, first chapter. And I want to read it first out of the New American Standard, my sort of middle-of-the-road scripture. I just enjoy it. seems to work well for me. But I'd like to read it. There's several verses, and then I want to make some comments on it because I think it's a healthy way of looking at the way the Holy Spirit comes into us and grows us up sort of a, a, call it a path or a road or steps in sanctification. What does sanctification mean? It means to be set aside for the purposes of God, for God's teaching, for God's growing, for God's growing us up into mature uh, son and daughtership. Well, I'm going to read from Second Peter, the first chapter. And uh, it's a long section I want to read, and I'm going to look at it from two or three different uh, translations, and then I'd like to make some comments about it. So first, from the New American Standard, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Excuse me, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace 
and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now before we go on, I want to just remind you of what the Apostle wrote back in the third chapter, excuse me, the second chapter of the book of Ephesians, where he talks about we're saved by faith. And uh, it's, uh, he says, For grace you've been saved through him, and not of yourself, a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. In other words, we all know about we're saved by grace. But remember he said this in Ephesians, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Paul was telling the church at Ephesus, he's saying, look, you aren't called to just, quote, in a sense, be saved and go around being saved. You have a purpose and a meaning and a calling that God predestined before the beginning began. In that first chapter of Ephesians, remember he said this in verse 3, first chapter of Ephesians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined to us and his adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of his glory. Let me just read that one verse again. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. I read that and I say, Lord Jesus, Paul, are you in your right mind? Do you realize what you've written down here? You've said that before the beginning began, God knew us. He knew when we would be born. He had a plan for us that when we came to know him, that we and only we could fulfill that single purpose that he's given to you and me. And that if we don't fulfill it, it goes unfulfilled. It's an amazing thing. So when I read this, Gemini, I say, Lord Jesus, from the foundation of the world, you knew us. And then I go back to Peter again, and I read, he says this, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory, and excellence. 
Peter's beginning to pour out his heart and say, just as God called me, he's called you. And here are some of the ways that you will know it's the Spirit of God growing you up. Now, let me pick it up in verse 4, where he begins to sort of line them out one by one. Verse 4, first, or Second Peter 1. For by these, what is it? The, the, the glory and the excellencies promised us. He's granted to us precious and magnificent promises. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. Now, if God's promise isn't fulfilled, the problem isn't on God's side. It's in our hands. Let me read the verse again. For by this he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that, that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Isn't that a magnificent calling? He's telling us that he wants us to grow up and become partakers of the divine nature. Well, that's not only true for us personally, but how many times have we gone back to the book of Romans? And in that magnificent eighth chapter, I read these verses and I say, oh my goodness, Uh, Paul, you must really mean this, but here's what he says. Verse 16 of Romans 8. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, I want to know that in sanctification, there will be suffering for you and I. We're going to have to face attitudes, world, flesh, and devil. And that sometimes causes difficulty. But Paul goes on saying that in 19... For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. The sons and the daughters of God Almighty, that's who we are. The creation is subjected to futility until it is set free from its slavery to corruption into the glory of the children of God. What a magnificent thing. So when I read these verses in Second Peter, the first chapter, what Peter is saying is, do you realize the high calling you have? That's what the Apostle Paul was saying in Ephesians and in Romans. Do you realize that you are a son and a daughter of Almighty God? You're going to become more and more daily partakers of his divine, eternal nature as sons and daughters of God. We know one day these bodies are going to be just thrown away. Praise God, and we'll have a new body. But the whole point is God wants a family. He wants sons and daughters. He wants them to participate in his resurrection, life, and eternal power. He wants us to bring the kingdom of God on earth. There are many theologies that I've heard over the years about the coming of the kingdom of God. Some have said, it cannot come until Jesus returns. 
I see some scripture that seems to say that, but then I've heard others say, no, God is going to pour out his spirit to such a degree that the church will bring the kingdom of God on earth and then Jesus will come and put the crown on it and bring Father back to it from 1 Corinthians 15. I wish I could say I was sure about one or the other, but one thing I am sure about is that when you and I were born again, and set aside, sanctified, to grow up in the Spirit, that we might become the sons and daughters of God. And here's what Peter outlines in his second epistle, chapter 1. You want to pick it up now in verse 4 again, where it says that we might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world by lust. That's what we've got to fight, is what's in the world by lust of the flesh. The world, the flesh, and the devil is out there to tempt us. Verse 5, Now for this very reason, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Do you see what he's talking about? God wants us, by his Holy Spirit, to become partakers of his divine nature. I wanted to read just a couple of verses again from the book of Romans, the first from chapter 5 of Romans, where Paul says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. Now that's what it means that Peter is talking about, that God has made provision for us, that we might participate in that resurrection life. This is what Paul is talking about. And he goes on to say this, not only this, but we exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And then a few verses from Romans 12. I urge you, verse 1, Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Well, do you hear what I'm after? Do you hear what I believe Peter and Paul are both after? They're after the realization in all the believers that they have the same access that Peter and Paul and other strong brothers and sisters who gave their lives for the faith over the centuries is available to you. You can receive that resurrection sanctifying life. And so my prayer for me today, I pray for myself. I pray, oh, Tom, do not give up. Do not stop. Yes, it's times of difficulty and hardship. Yes, it can be painful. But the outcome is infinitely glorious and magnificent because we are part of the kingdom of God on earth and the kingdom of God to come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us to overflowing and make us hungry for the word of God, Jesus, and the scripture. Write it upon our hearts. Fill us with your spirit every single day that the kingdom of God may come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.